Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a Week 10 Football Friday. On today's show, in search of win number nine with perhaps Colt McCoy at quarterback. That certainly is a possibility again this week. We've got the latest on Kyler Murray, plus Mike Jarecki has his three keys to victory. But first, it's not just Murray who is questionable for Sunday. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 495, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. As Kingsbury likes to say, MJ, we've made good progress this week. For those that have been following us since Wednesday, you'll know that I kind of, I don't know, I flipped out, but made a big deal that there were 12 players that did not practice on Wednesday. That number went down to 10 on Thursday. How about this, though? Six players not seen during the open portion of practice on Friday. So we have cut that number in half. And that's how it normally happens, you know. I'm, I've covered it for a long time just like you, and, you know, there's there's certain positions where you want to make sure guys are out there, but I've never yelled fire in the theater uh, when it comes to a Wednesday, even Thursday. And, and certain guys could miss practice, but, you know, I think Kyler Murray is trending in the right direction, and feel, I feel much more comfortable um, where he's at today than maybe it was last Friday. Obviously, everything's a game day decision, and clearly Colt McCoy and the boys got it done. Um, but I feel like he's closer than he was a week ago. That's the good news because Murray was one of those players who hadn't practiced Wednesday and Thursday but did practice some on Friday. Now, during the open portion of practice, look, it's one thing to hear what a player has to say, and Wednesday we were very optimistic, at least I was, MJ, because – of the tone of voice and just how how happy Murray looked on Wednesday, joking around. So that led me to believe that, hey, you know what? We could see him this week. Now, with my own eyes during the open portion of practice, yes, Murray had his helmet on. No, he did not participate in team stretch. Yes, he did throw the ball around, but it was at half speed and it was very limited. He was not throwing the ball as much as Colt McCoy or Chris Strebler. So, yes, he was on the practice field. He didn't do a whole lot, though, during the open portion. So I don't know if I am as optimistic as you are, and that's just kind of where I am. And I've gone back and forth since Wednesday. But put it this way, I'm leaning towards Murray not playing on Sunday. Again, it's a long season. Colt McCoy can run this offense, and you get an A.J. Green back. We know the defense is obviously you know, going against an unfamiliar quarterback. you got to think they're going to obviously get some turnovers. So they have more information than we do. Um, you got Seattle the following week, which is a division game on the road. Russell Wilson's back. So, But I, something that stood out to me on Friday when Kingsbury was asked a question to, to a certain extent of, you look at this game, but then you guys are trying to get to Dubai. He said every week is important. We've discussed all possibilities, but you've got to try to win every game you have an opportunity to win. So if he is ready to go, he'll play. 
talking about Kyler Murray. So, yeah, that that's a discussion that you would think, you know, front office and to a certain extent I think maybe the training staff and team doctors because you want to look big picture. You don't want to hurt the player as far as rushing him back. Yet at the same time, it's about stacking as many wins as possible. Yes, you've got eight, but nine is very winnable and very doable even without a Kyler Murray. Yeah, and, and the fans probably aren't going to like this, but I, I don't think they're going to run the table here in the second half. I mean, again, I know they've won in Seattle. I'm not getting ahead of myself. you still got a, you know, uh, a Monday night game against the Rams. So you should win the games that you're supposed to. The Lions, uh, obviously the uh, the Panthers, you know, the Colts, what are they playing for? looks like Tennessee's running away with that division. And then you got the Cowboys, and then you got the Seahawks in Week 18. And if the Cardinals are clinched there, you know, um, you got to think that maybe they'll rest some players. But the whole idea is to try to get through this bye week. And and really, for those that have listened to the show, um, the Cardinals have changed their schedule a little bit. And I think Cliff's given these guys a little bit more time to get some rest where they're not in here so early. And then between their meetings and their practice time, there's not a lot of downtime. And so I think, you know, we don't turn the clocks back or forward. The Cardinals have moved their, their schedule to a little bit later in the morning, still getting out there at a good time. It's not too hot. They can go in the bubble. So, to me, he knows his team better than anybody else. They wear GPSs, so you can tell who's getting more reps or more snaps than the other guy. So, again, I, I trust the medical staff, and he doesn't have to play. But at the same time, no, I'm sure he wants to get back out there. Now, what does Kingsbury have to see from Murray Saturday or even Sunday during walkthrough or pregame warm-ups to be able to say, all right, you can play? Quote, just that he can move well enough where he can protect himself, end quote. Now, I'll say this with respect to the Carolina Panthers versus next week at Seattle. Yes, Carolina, a conference game, but Seattle, that's a division game. So if you want to wait another week, allow Murray to play, and then have the bye week, I understand the thinking, well, just don't play Carolina, don't play Seattle, get the bye week and come back for that final stretch run. I am just a little bit leery about too much time. Look, it's one thing if it's a serious injury to where it's a four- to six-week timetable, but this seems to be day-to-day, week-to-week, and if he's feeling fine, to Kingsbury's earlier point, if he's ready to go, he's playing on Sunday. Yeah, and – we didn't get a chance to see him at all last week. We, I'm sure he obviously he addressed the media, which is always a good thing. Um, but today, I didn't see him having a, you know, a limp or a walk. You know, last week, I'm sure it was. I just think that he's made progress. He's the one that told us on Wednesday. I've made what do you say, crazy progress, crazy strides, crazy strides. So yeah, I mean, he's the one that said that. And and again, watching him today was only for a small uh, portion. You know, 15 or 20 minutes, he looked like he was walking around. I know it's different when you got 280. Yeah, walking versus running, that's a I huge know. difference. Sure, but I don't think they would have put him out there if there was something lingering. Like, I think Hop is, is dealing with more of a severe injury. Uh, we'll wait to see what happens there. Um, but I think Murray made progress to where he feels he could be comfortable pushing off that foot to make throws from inside or outside the pocket. So for the second straight week, we are waiting for the inactives to be announced 90 minutes before kickoff. You bring up DeAndre Hopkins, according to Kingsbury, quote, not sure, end quote, about Hopkins' availability this week. He did not practice all week, but we've seen Hopkins play despite not practicing. More likely than not, Hopkins is not going to play this week. That's just me thinking out loud here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Rondell Moore, hopefully, was the word Kingsbury used. 
Moore was on the practice field during the open portion on Friday. Good to see him out there after missing Wednesday and Thursday with a neck and a concussion issue. Also on the practice field on Friday, Buda Baker and Jordan Phillips. It's expected Baker will play, and I think he will. And if you can get Jordan Phillips back, that certainly will help that defensive line. And then as we discussed earlier in the week about, you know, how much will we see Christian McCaffrey either running the football or catching the football. If you can get some pressure and shore up that interior and make sure that you're hitting that ball carrier at the line of scrimmage and not letting him get, talking about McCaffrey, to the second or third level. Phillips, if he's able to go despite a calf injury that kept him out of practice Wednesday and Thursday, that, I think, would be a bonus for the Cardinals' defense. Yeah, clearly he's been a spark, and I, I love the fact that uh, you know he's splitting double teams and other guys are making plays. It was great to see Buddha out there. We all know last year, you know, in week three, he had injured his thumb, fractured it, and then the next week uh, he, he misses the game, and they really missed him. I mean, we know how valuable he is to this defense, I think, Golden's the glue, but I think he's the face of the defense, and he'll be uh, and, and moving forward. So he looked like he was fine. Now it was a concussion. It it looked although on the injury report they list Buda Baker with a knee. Knee. So okay. when we what, but it's a good point that that you're making, and the distinction is when he got his he literally he he got his bell rung near the end of that game at San Francisco. Now he went on social media tweeting that he was fine, but it was a knee injury that kept him out of practice Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, good for clarification because you could see his w- legs were wobbly and I'm glad he's okay cuz clearly, you know, when he tweets that out, he had, he had the wherewithal to I'm okay. I'm sure, you know, it took a day or two to kind of maybe get rid of the cobweb so to speak, but um, just seeing him out there, I mean, he's flying around there in that 20 minutes of practice. And, uh, again, last year they didn't have him, and that was where we saw the team play a little bit different. Isaiah Simmons told us at that time going to that game he was supposed to play safety. And you can have a plan, but once the game starts, it changed. Now, not seen during the open portion of practice, those six players who were not spotted Wednesday, Thursday, and also on Friday, Chase Edmonds, Max Garcia, uh, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Pugh, Jonathan Ward, and James Wiggins. Edmonds, I would not expect to see on the football field because of that ankle issue. And then Garcia and Pugh, you look at your left guard and your right guard. You'd love to have them, but again, you're not practicing. How is your movement, lateral movement, being able to backpedal? The backup to Justin Pugh, according to the depth chart, is Sean Harlow. And still listed as the starter at right guard is Josh Jones with Danny Isadora listed as the backup. So those three names, talking about Harlow, Jones, and Isadora, those are the options for Pugh and Garcia if they're unable to go. And Kingsbury gave us the impression that Justin Murray's not ready yet. Correct. And that's – I was hopeful because he's been out on the practice field all week long and the second straight week that he's been on the practice field, but he's dealing with a back issue, and all of a sudden that's something that you have to be a little bit more cautious with. I'm feeling good. All right, well, let's wait another day, another week. Yeah, and, and the good news is um, between Demetrius Harris and, and Darrell Daniels, you can have an extra blocker out there. We know that Zach Ertz is part of their 11 personnel. He can chip, but I, they, they may have to use an extra lineman if they really want to get that downhill running. And so I would anticipate A will be active. Uh, again, at some point, you know, you like to see Justin Murray. Max Garcia has done a good job filling in. Again, Josh Jones plays 60 to 65 snaps. He's going to go with some pressures. 
Um, but that's why I think maybe you get him a little help over there, even though he's inside and you got Beecham to his right. 2.05 kickoff on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Inactives 90 minutes before kickoff when we'll know definitively about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and others. There will be roster moves still to be made before <clears> – <throat> There still will be roster moves that need to be made before Sunday, however, because right now the Cardinals do not have a long snapper on the active roster. They have one on the practice squad, Kyle Nelson, but they don't have one on the active roster. So at least one more move needs to be made. This team has already made 12 moves between Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Wow. And you would have thought the majority would be COVID just because that's where we are. Some are. A lot are, are just guys that they're banged up. So uh, that's why it's important to have depth, and that's why it's important to have these guys in training camp and the preseason get a ton of reps. Uh, so when they go in there, their eyes are, aren't wide open. They're ready to contribute. Maybe a little bit of a drop-off, but it's never going to be about the effort. Now, on the Panthers' side of things, their defensive end, Brian Burns, officially listed as questionable with a foot issue. He said when he addressed the media this week, he's playing, so I fully expect him to be on the football field. And we're still wondering about Cam Newton. Head coach Matt Rule has come out and said P.J. Walker will start. Matt Barkley is the backup. And, yes, there is a possibility now, offensive coordinator Joe Brady on Friday, quote, everything is on the table, end quote, with respects to Newton. And then Coach Rule comes on and says, well, it's unlikely Newton plays, more likely next week. I, he, <laughs> he's making the trip. And, As he should. And depending on whether he's in uniform or not, I still would find it very hard to believe that you would put Cam Newton in uniform and on the football field just with one day of practice after not having practiced for months. It, with a completely different system. Now, again, they, they you know, McCaffrey in the wideouts, I mean, he's familiar at least uh, more. I, I don't even know if they can afford to dress three quarterbacks. They have so many injuries. We're talking about the, the center, the left tackle's out. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know how many guys are going to make moves on Saturday, but I. I Again, I think Cam will be will – be, he should travel. He should have an earpiece in to see how things develop. And clearly, when they step on the field next week, he'll get all the first-team reps and then they'll play the Washington football team, which is kind of interesting where uh, they had, had an injury and they did not bring Cam Newton in. With Ron Rivera, his yep. – former coach now on the sidelines with Washington. I'll say this. We talk about the inactives for the Cardinals, the inactives for the Panthers. If Cam Newton is available and active, then all of a sudden the Cardinals defensively, well, there's a package or two for number one to be on the football field. That's what Corey Peters brought up on Friday. They're prepared. Now, if he's on the inactive sheet, then you don't have to worry about it. But it is something that I don't even know if you need to rep it out, but at least be aware that if number one's in the ball game. More times than not, it's probably going to be short yardage, goal line situation, use his height, use his strength, and power that ball across the first down marker or the goal line. I don't think he'd be in there throwing the football. Yeah, and to me, you got McCaffrey down in the red zone. And, you know, Walker, he has good size. I want to say he's 6'3 or 6'4. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I again, I... Uh, if he is active, I definitely agree with what you said. There will be packages for him and more short yardage. And if he wants to throw the ball, I'm sure the secondary will be uh, looking forward to that. Now, before Sunday's kickoff, 
before the game. Cardinals are hosting a holiday food drive to benefit United Food Bank. There will be 14 collection points outside the stadium. Fans are encouraged to bring non-perishable food items, or you can donate using a QR code, which will be posted throughout the stadium. Visit unitedfoodbank.org for more information. It is Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we preview Week 10. Before we get to Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory, the X-Factor and intangible, a cautionary tale for the 8-1 Arizona Cardinals. For those that watched Thursday night football and for those that were paying attention in Week 9, it happened last night and it happened four times last week. A team with a record at or below 500 won, beating a division opponent. The Dolphins upset the Ravens. Last week, the Broncos, Jaguars, Chiefs, and Giants all did the same thing, beating a division opponent, or excuse me, beating a division leading opponent in week nine. Now, I put a little asterisk next to the Chiefs one because, yes, they're, they're struggling, but I think everyone expects them to be, get that ship righted, if you will. But um, look, We've said it before all week long. Panthers on a five-game winning streak against the Arizona Cardinals. And it means nothing come Sunday. I mean, I'm, listen, I always talk about this, and, and we haven't seen it this year. Hopefully we don't see it. But there's always a game where you think uh, on paper, uh, the matchups, and, and, you know, the last couple of years I would always say, well, the Cardinals have to force three turnovers here. Going into this season, based on what I saw in training camp, offseason workouts, I believe the Cardinals can step on the field and win any game. I'm not saying they're going to run the table. I, this team is wired differently than the past teams. They know what's at stake. They realize if they continue to stack wins, they're going to be one of the higher seeds, and, and you know the road to the Super Bowl will not be as difficult if you're at home versus on the road. So I feel comfortable. I don't see any uh, mishaps. I don't see them overlooking the Panthers, and I don't see them overlooking uh, the Lions when they got to go on the road late in December. So I, I just I like the makeup of this team. They're not they're wired differently than the previous teams. And we know that the one loss that the Cardinals do have, it was one play. You're one play away from being undefeated. This team has been able to stay consistent from week one to now entering week 10, and that's what you want as a head coach. You don't want the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows, however you want to refer to it, and we did see that a year ago. Win a couple, drop one. Win a couple, lose two, three in a row. You, you, you got to be able to stay consistent and maintain, as Buda Baker likes to say, that 1-0 mentality, and the Cardinals have done that better than any team in the league this season. And one thing that really sticks out besides the, the 30 more or more points where they rank in the top 10 in defense and offense, they are playing complementary football. And you could talk about it until you're you know, blue in the faith, but until you see it, they, they capitalize what they do on special teams. They capitalize if the defense is able to force a turnover. They take advantage of that stuff. Yeah, you may not score touchdowns every time your defense, but at least you're going to get some points and you can change field position, uh, time of possession, and you let the other team know we're going to run the ball down your throat. So that when you play complimentary football, uh, that's the reason why. And they're a smart football team. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. Corey Peters brought that up, just that exact term, although he called it complimentary. We're a better complimentary team this year, but to the point that the offense plays well, the defense feeds off of that, the defense plays well, the offense feeds off of that, and, yes, special teams is involved as well. There is 
There's been a couple of games where the offense needs to play a little bit better. There have been a couple of games where the defense needs to play a little bit better. But overall, they've both been very consistent, as the numbers indicate. When you look at a top-five offense and a top-five defense, um, that, to me, both sides of the ball are excelling. Yeah, and and they put the work in, and they're well coached. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I like the staff. I I think it's a better staff than they had with Arians. Uh, obviously, Arians was able to take them to the NFC Championship game. The Cardinals went on a, a long a winning streak. They finished thirteen and three this year, and whether the Cardinals went thirteen or whatever games, I I still like this team, and I just think they got more depth, and I think they have a better staff. Um, and, and then again, Aaron's won 50 games in five years, so I tip my cap to him. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, who host the Panthers this coming Sunday. Cardinals 8-1, and one, the Panthers 4-5, and five, though they enter having lost five of their last six after a 3-0 and oh start. Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. What's it going to take for the Cardinals to pick up that ninth win of the season? Uh, make the Panthers one-dimensional. Force them to throw the football. So that means you're going to have to try to, you know, stop um, McCaffrey on first and second down uh, because if they get in third and short, then obviously they can hand the ball off to McCaffrey. They can throw the flat to him. Uh, Walker could run. They, they can throw their tight end. So I just think, you know, kind of limit their possessions. Um, if they're going on 9, 10, 11 play drives, that's not going to play into the hands of the defense. So first and second down are always important according to Vance, and I thought they did a much better job last week. But I just want to see if they can make them one-dimensional because he hasn't he has had a ton of NFL reps, and, and the game's a lot faster, and I'm sure he's going to be feeling the heat uh, just based on the crowd noise. They're going to have to go with a silent count, so I want to get him off his spot. Talking about P.J. Walker, who played for Matt Roll at Tempe, very good in the XFL, but – Seven career games, one career start, and that was last season against the Lions. The Panthers won that game 20 to nothing, and Walker had 258 yards passing with one touchdown, but he turned the ball over twice. He had two red zone interceptions, and he has been prone to give up that football a lot. And we talk about his size and his athleticism, but as we talked about on Thursday, he just is not that kind of a quarterback that's going to scramble like a Trey Lance or Justin Fields. He's more of a pocket passer. I went back and looked at week seven. He was 3 of 14, 33 yards, quarterback rating of 39-6, and he was sacked three times. Small sample. So, And and I'm sure every young quarterback's going to be told, you got to get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. Well, you go through your one check or you go through your first read and it's improvise. He also has a little bit of wind-up, so um, we'll see if he's if he holds on to the ball, he's toast. I mean, they'll, they'll get to him then. And, again, they don't have their starting center. So um, I'm always uh, I'm always interested, and sometimes uh, uh, I could be surprised, but what Vance comes up with is fascinating. They put a lot of work in during the week. And just listening to players today, I thought it was interesting about Peters in previous years. You know, they would put the game plan in, and some guys would kind of roll their eyes, is this going to work? And then maybe they're not committed on game day. He said that it's quite the opposite here. They, they put the work in, they like the game plan, and when they go out there, you could see how they execute. And if the players have suggestions or think that, you know, this is not quite working, we didn't rep it correctly, or watching film, I see something else. This coaching staff from Kingsbury on down, who has set the tone, the open-door policy to be able to have that 
two-way street communication because that's what you want, especially on game day. If something's called from the sidelines and you come back off the field as a player and say, you know what, I think if we do this, we'll have more success. And you got to be able to listen to your players, but you also have to have earned that trust to be able to listen to the players. And I think that happens a lot with Rodney Hudson. Now you do have, you know, obviously, you know, Sean Coogler from the sidelines, but he has, you know, the bird's eye view. He's sitting in the middle of the field. And, again, he won't do it uh, during the series. Those conversations have to take place on the sidelines. And then they can go to the tablet and see where the pressure is coming and how do they make adjustments. And they can do that right on the sideline. They don't need to wait two or three possessions. All right, so key number one, make the Panthers one-dimensional. We want to see P.J. Walker have to throw the football like Jimmy Garoppolo last week. 40 passing attempts. That's when we talk about one-dimensional. That's what we want to be able to see on Sunday. All right. Easier said than done, as we talked about. Contain Christian McCaffrey. Avoid the chunk plays and the yards after catch. And you got to gang tackle him so he can line up in the backfield. Uh, I don't know if they're going to run a, a pistol or an RPO. He's really good in pass protection. They'll line him up in the slot. Sometimes he'll line up on the outside where he's hoping to draw that inside linebacker. And we'll see who that is. I mean, if Hicks is out there, they're going to go with the wheelhouse route. And that's really you throw it to the, to the sidelines. Only one guy can catch it to his right shoulder. So they move him around. Um, to me, it, it, you know, because of the injuries, I listened to Joe P- Person, who covers the Panthers for a long time. You know, he thinks they're going to up the ante a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, earlier when he was healthy, they, they over uh, overuse him. And next thing you know, he hurt his hammy again so he thinks they're going to up the ante but it's just the open field to get into the second layer because he has the ability I mean he's very athletic um, he'll make guys miss tackles and that's why you ha- you got to swarm him and gain tackles so again if he gets 120 yards r- rushing and receiving I can live with that just don't give up the big plays where all of a sudden they, they get confidence and all of a sudden you know they may go up tempo just to get the Cardinals on their heels versus their toes McCaffrey last week, 52 rushing yards, 54 receiving yards, and he might be that safety blanket like we see for the tight end position. But for Walker, it could be McCaffrey because how well he knows the offensive system and sits there and then all of a sudden it becomes a short dump off to McCaffrey and let him make the plays. Well, and we probably should mention it. He went against the Patriots defense, and I think we all know that Belichick had a lot of out out players last year so he was 14 for 53 averaged 3.7 yards a carry last week he passing was targeted five times four catches for 54 yards so again uh, he went against a very good Patriots team um, and he was still able to get over 100 yards and this will be McCaffrey's second career start against the Cardinals flashback week three 2019 at State Farm Stadium, the Kyle Allen game. McCaffrey had 153 yards rushing and one touchdown. Now, let's bring up the Cardinals' rush defense, though. Giving up 4.8 yards per carry, tied for 30th in football. They're giving up 111 yards, .1, which is 18th overall. So, that again, that's got to change. Uh, I, again, they can go on a nice long drive, but it's what you do after that. What adjustments have you made? And, again, get that quarterback off her spot. Um, Now, the Cardinals' defense last week, five sacks, eight quarterback hits. So, again, they have the ability to get to the quarterback. 
Vance Joseph asked about the run defense on Thursday, said it's fine. And I understand what he was referring to because, to your point, there have been times where the rush defense hasn't been great, but then it's been fixed within that game, whether it's the first half or second half. And what immediately comes to mind is what the Jacksonville Jaguars did on that one drive, and then all of a sudden it was shut down. So it hasn't been something that's consistent as far as shutting down the run defense for an entire game. Last week they did, but we haven't seen that on a consistent week-in and week-out basis. They've had to make adjustments, and then all of a sudden you've been able to see that correction, and the run game hasn't been as The only guy that I thought ran all over him was Delvin Cook. And then you throw in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Those are the two games that stick out. Jones is also kind of like McCaffrey, a dual threat. He can catch the ball, I think, caught six passes against the Cardinals. So, um, But, you know, in the in the Jags-Wires game, you had the Robinson, uh, you know, extended um, drive. where, And then in the Rams game was garbage time when they, when they eventually started running. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – again, you look at those numbers, tie for 30th at yards per carry – I want to see that improve because when you get to the playoffs and you've got to go outside and play, and hopefully they don't initially, the game gets a little bit tighter, and I think the coaching staff get a little more conservative. So, you, 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 again, you, but at the same time, this team has made so many stops on third and fourth down. Like, they're a terrible field position they made these stops. So, uh, I guess you got to take the good with the bad, but the good news is they're not. it's not costing them games. And that's an excellent point because as bad as the numbers look as far as rush defense, the Cardinals overall have the fourth best defense, number two on third down, number three on fourth down, their number three scoring defense, and in the red zone they rank 15th. So those other categories that Coach Joseph pays attention to, specifically scoring defense where they're only allowing just over 17 points of contest. That means more than, hey, you know what, we're averaging almost or we're giving up almost five yards a carry. Well, you're only scoring 17 points. So which number do you want? And obviously it's the scoring defense. Yeah, I mean, points allowed, um, third down, and red zone. You know, obviously you want to kick, force them to kick field goals, and, and those are the most important thing. You know, teams can go from the 20 to the 20. Okay, What do you do when you get in the red zone? Are you kicking field goals? Are you turn the ball over? Um and, and so uh, I'm nitpicking, but I'm just saying over the course of the year now, you know, losing J.J. Watt obviously has a downward spiral effect. I do like the rotation they have, and I like bringing in Zach Kerr and, and Josh Morrow, but um, it's more the bend-don't-break defense. They're, they're not, again, they're not shooting themselves in the foot where it's costing them games. Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. Number one, make the Panthers one-dimensional. Get P.J. Walker to throw that football. Number two, contain Christian McCaffrey. Limit those big plays. So we want three, MJ. Gave you one and two. What's number three? Feed James Conner. Okay. Time to eat. It sounds like he's up for the task. Uh, doesn't mean we won't see a guy like Eno Benjamin. We'll see about the availability of Jonathan Ward. Um, but last week, 27 touches. Uh, you know, he had 18, I think, and then seven uh, receiving or, or six or seven receptions. But and, and the screen game wor- worked really well last week. And maybe you know, uh, so the Panthers are going to look at what the uh, what the 49ers did, and then they may not rush as fast. So, but I, I just think you know he he's up for the task. He's got the body to do it. And we know when he gets to the goal line, it's, it's almost an instant touchdown. So I'm feeding James Conner. And 
at the same time, I also think, depending on if he's you know close to 100%, maybe we'll see Rondell Moore get some more options in the backfield uh, besides Eno Benjamin. Now, you go back to Connor's 2018 season in which he was named to the Pro Bowl because Le'Veon Bell sat out that year. But that season, as far as being the number one guy, 973 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, caught 55 passes for 497 yards and one touchdown in 13 games. So, yes, he can do it. He didn't need to do it when you had Chase Edmonds available. And maybe to a certain extent, and I know you know Benjamin's hoping that this is the case, that maybe you don't need Connor to do it on Sunday with you know, Benjamin showing what he's capable of doing when he played very well at San Francisco. Yet at the same time, it might be – more James Conner than a complete balance 1A, 1B like you had with Edmonds and Conner when they were both on the field. Yeah, and, and I've made this reference in the past. I think Eno's much closer to Chase, and then I think Jonathan Ward's got a little bit of both. He's got a little bit more size, and, and he can hit the hole. So, yeah, we could see both in the backfield together. Um, they they trust Eno, Eno Benjamin, and he can run between the tackles. We know that you know he's got a little burst to him, so – uh, but I just think when it's all said and done, he's going to get the majority of the touches. So feed James Conner rounds out Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. James Conner, one of those players that has received a lot of attention and for good reason here this week and asked about this kind of a matchup coming up on Sunday about the Panthers' defense. Quote, it'll be a physical game, but that's the game we like. And that's a different mentality here. He brings that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania mentality. When he was asking about November and December football, the weather gets colder. It becomes harder to move the football. Now, different case on the West Coast where you don't have that. But it is a mindset that we're seeing a little bit more of, not just on the offensive side, but defensively as well. It's like bully ball football. I mean, that's. I mean, he's, he's a bully out there. He ain't afraid. So... You know, let him eat. Give him a nice uh, nice little meal afterwards. He was talking about Thanksgiving already. Yeah, these players, <laughs> they are very well aware when that bye week is. Two more games to go before they get some much-deserved time away from the game of football. So those are your three keys to victory. What is the X factor? Cardinals offensive line against the Panthers front seven. We know Hassan Reddick is playing up to uh, standards. Um, you know, he's it's not only the sacks, it's the quarterback hits tackle for losses. He's ranked in the top five in a little a lot of different carry categories, kind of like Marcus Golden. You know, having Rodney Hudson back goes a long way. Um, but you know, Derek Brown, we talked about him going in the draft. He's a beast. Um, you know, they. Phil Snow's done a good job with his personnel, and uh, there's a reason why they're ranked pretty high in a lot of different categories. You know, Gilmore had a pick last week. Um, Jeremy Chin's uh, one of those old-school football players. So, again, hopefully they can, you know, uh, hold up on, you know, I'm not saying they're not going to give up any sacks. Cardinals, as a team, have given up 20 sacks this year. basically almost two a game, which is not – it's much better than it was. So I just think keep Kyler Murray – uh, upright or Colt McCoy, try to get that run game going. Um, but I do think the Panthers have some ability um, to possibly slow the Cardinals' offense down initially. Reddick, eight and a half sacks, second most in the NFC, tied for sixth overall in the NFL, 12 tackles for loss. That leads the league. Funny to hear Vance Joseph discuss Reddick and how excited Coach is to see from afar what Hassan Reddick is doing. Quote, it's fun to watch, but not this week. 
<laughs> yeah. That's the sentiment from a lot of those players in the locker room because when Hassan Reddick was here, he did everything that he was asked to do. It just took the team a little bit longer than we would have liked, a lot longer really, to find the right spot for him. He excelled second half of last season, and he's excelling this season as a true outside linebacker. Never complain. That's the beauty of that. And, you know, a lot of people, um, including myself, said, go do it again. And he's doing it again. So good for him. Um, you know, I think it's he had Phil Snow at Temple, and he had Matt Rule at Temple. So he knew what he was getting into, and they knew his strength. And between him and Brian Burns, they got a nice little combo there getting to the quarterback, including their interior defensive lineman. So the offensive line against that Panthers front seven and paying attention to Hassan Reddick, the X factor here in week 10. You're intangible for this contest, MJ. Get off to a good start. Started last week. We know they didn't get off to a good start um, in the Packers game. I give both defenses a lot of credit. Last week they were up 14 nothing. we're up 17 nothing against a good front seven in the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I'm not saying this is going to be a, a walk in the park, but I just think this team, when they play with the lead, they can go up tempo and that allows Vance Joseph to do some things in the secondary where all of a sudden, you know, you get them out three and out, you're punching the ball up, forcing a turnover, and that's complimentary football. Always playing with the lead is a benefit because then as an offense you can do whatever as far as your playbook is concerned. Cardinals have only had one game this season in which they did not score a single point in the first quarter, and that was against the Houston Texans. They trailed in that one until the second quarter. But you look at what this team has done, and there have been nine first possessions for the Arizona Cardinals. They've only scored two touchdowns on those nine first possessions. Yet, first quarter scoring, they're second in the league. Second quarter scoring, they're third in the league. First half scoring, they're second in the league, averaging 17 points a contest. So, they are slow out of the gate to an extent. That opening possession, you'd like to see them put points on the board. They've only done it Two touchdowns, one field goal. Yet when you look at the first quarter overall and the first half overall, they're putting up enough points for that defense to be able to do the rest of its job. And that's why they're so uh, ranked high when it comes to points differential. I mean, teams are not able to match touchdowns with them. I mean, we talked about it. The Panthers obviously went out and got Darnold. They went, you know, added some free agents. Um, they were 3-0. and um, But they only have 17 touchdowns on the year. Cardinals have 34. That's a big difference. Cardinals second in the league in scoring almost 31 points a contest. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Cardinals are hosting a holiday food drive to benefit United Food Bank before Sunday's game. There will be 14 collection points outside the stadium. Fans are encouraged to bring non-perishable food items or you can donate using a QR code which will be posted throughout the stadium. Visit unitedfoodbank.org for more information. All right, before we head on out of here, MJ, let's take a look at what else is going on within the NFC West, and maybe more importantly in the NFC when you talk about the standings. But with the Cardinals hosting the Panthers, you look at the Seahawks coming off their bye. They're at the Packers. Russell Wilson cleared to play after finger surgery. He missed three games. The Seahawks went 1-2 and two under Geno Smith. Likely to see Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers, perhaps. And then on Monday Night Football, the week finishes with the Rams and 49ers. That will be in San Francisco at Santa Clara Levi Stadium. But obviously the Rams making big news with the 
signing of Odell Beckham Jr. and then the debut of Von Miller, who missed his first game last week because of an ankle injury. But you could see two new faces on that Rams offense and defense, respectively. I can't believe I'm, gonna, I'm rooting for the Packers. <laughs> rooting for the Packers and rooting for the 49ers. 49ers, yeah. Okay, this is my thoughts. You look at the Rams, we know they're going all in. It's pretty obvious. They they forfeited all their draft picks, and, and they're already made team. They right? made investment. I, I they yeah. forfeited. I, I get what you're saying, and I kind of agree with you, <laughs> but, you know, that, that that's uh, that's yeah. an exaggeration a little bit. They invested those picks okay. into, known quantity, into known commodities. Okay, they're one of the teams that plays the most 11 personnel. So you, you look at Cooper Cup, and obviously the relationship with him and, and Stafford has been off the, off the charts. It's really impressive considering it's their first year. I assume they spent a lot of time in the offseason working out. And then you got Robert Woods, who can do a little bit of everything. He can take the top off the defense. You can give him a slant pass. You can run the uh, reverse. And then Van Je- Jefferson, I mean, he's their third receiver. And so Beckham hasn't made the Pro Bowl in five years. Um you know, he had a choice to either go to Green Bay and, and he, ch- he chose L.A. I get it. I'm sitting here today and saying I, I, I prefer the Cardinals made the trade for Zach Ertz. I didn't want Odell Beckham here. A.J. Green made a comment a couple of weeks ago. Not a lot of guys in the league would fit into their room. Um, I think he's all about uh, showmanship. Um, he's got a great opportunity. But the guy that I'm more concerned with uh, when they ha- had the Monday Night Football is Vaughn Miller. I'm not worried about Odell Beckham Jr. And, and Vance uh, Jefferson, uh, his father's the head coach of the Cardinals wide receiver. Um, they don't run a lot of 10 personnel. I'm not saying they couldn't do it. They had Deshaun Jackson there. He wasn't happy. Uh, I don't think he's he's going to be disruptive because he knows that this team is ready to compete. But it's just like they're trying to compete with the Dodgers and, and the Lakers and you know all this other stuff. So um, I'll, I'll take Zach Ertz over Odell Beckham seven days a week. Deshaun Jackson didn't work out for whatever reason, and now OBJ, who was unhappy in Cleveland, are there enough footballs to go around? When you're winning, some of that doesn't matter, and you also have to have guys in that locker room, to your point about A.J. Green's comments. Yes, Hop wants his targets, yet at the same time, he's got a lot of numbers. He has a lot of statistics. He doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. He wants to get to the Super Bowl, and I think – you kind of learn as you get older, and I don't know if OBJ is quite at that point to where, hey, I want to win. I've accomplished everything that I can as an individual. Now it's about the team and making a deep playoff run. Yeah, I, I think he see, he sees where he can, quote, repair his image. I mean, he could be a rental, just like Von Miller. I'm sure if Miller plays well, they'll like to retain him. But, you know, you just can't step on the field and – the way he runs his routes, and, and and I know that his father put out you know eleven minute video where he was open a lot. It's going to take some time for Stafford and OBJ to get um, you know on the same page. He may think he's got to go in, and they want him to go out. I mean that's just little things that you comes with reps. That's why I think him and Cooper Cup are on the same page. Robert Woods, just plug and play. Vance Jefferson, he's a tall receiver. So um, again. Uh, uh, that's fine that they went out and got him. Um, I don't. I don't think he would have fit here in this in this Cardinals locker room. So that's what's ahead here in the NFC West in Week Ten. In in Week Ten, as far as the NFC is concerned, the playoff seedings look like this: Cardinals, Packers, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Rams, Saints, and Falcons 
at number seven, and there's going to be a lot of movement with that number seven, that third wild card spot. But Packers, we talked to you about that. They will be in Seattle. Go Seahawks. The Buccaneers are on the road at Washington. Cowboys host the Falcons. Rams at the 49ers on Monday Night Football, the Saints at the Titans, and then the Falcons and Cowboys, again, when you look at that number seven seed. We're going to have some familiar faces besides Hassan Reddick. Uh, Zane Gonzalez has found a home. He's actually, I think, kicked 12 in a row. Uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. And then for, uh, former uh, defensive coordinator Al Holcomb is part of that staff. He's a defense run coordinator. So, um, And then Don Johnson, he was with the Wilkes staff. And so he, and they, Andy Lee played for the Panthers. Jeff Rogers coached with the Panthers. Britson Buckner played for the Panthers. Billy Davis and Cam Turner spent some time in their career with the Panthers organization. So quick, you got some notable uh, faces. Quick note on Gonzalez, 15 of 17 on his field goal attempts, including 6 of 6 from 40 to 49. And that was that range <laughs> that we always talked about when he was here. So his misses are from beyond 50 yards. So let's hope that it does not come down to a field goal kicking contest. But I'll take our chances with Prater. Exactly. Could not have said it any better <laughs> than that. 2.05 is the kickoff on Sunday, week 10. The Cardinals and Panthers as the Cardinals look to go 9-1 and one this season. Can't believe I just said that, but it is true. They have been playing very, very well all season long. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.